Hi, everyone. Hi, Hi Andrew. <laughs> I want to say something, but I'm not going to. Um, oh, what a pleasure to be here and just see your beautiful faces. This is the best place, I think, isn't it? All you guys that stand out the front because you get to see all your gorgeous smiles. It's excellent. Um, this morning, worship was just beautiful. Thank you so much. And Joyce, there she is. It was just so lovely, you guys. Um, that song that we sung about leaning back into the arms of the Father, did you all feel there was just something on that song this morning? All right, so right now, just in your posture, even if you want to physically lean back, you can, because I want you to be in that posture in your, in your heart and your spirit while I'm speaking this morning, right? Snuggle on in. Shut your eyes if you need to, whatever. And also, oh, there we go. Look at this. I'm a visual person. And who gets a bit bored in church sometimes? No one's going to put up their hand. Um, okay, I'm giving you pretty pictures to look at. But don't just look there all the time. Pay attention. Stay with me. Um, just because I like pretty things. I'm speaking on hope, everybody. Um, okay, so when, whenever I get up here to talk, I pretty much do the same thing. So I pretty much I'm sharing off the plate that I'm eating off. Does that make sense? All right, that's all I know to do. That's all you'll get from me. So this is really, I'm just sharing my plate. This is kind of where I'm at with the Lord and things that he's been showing me and things that are sustaining me. And then I'm just going to go, do you want to taste? So you get to eat a bit of what I'm eating at the moment. Hope. All right, slide two. Thank you, Liam. I'm going to read from Hosea 2.14. It's going to pop up there in at some stage. All right, I'm going to read it out to you. It says, Therefore I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. There I will give her back her vineyards and will make the valley of Achor a door of hope. There she will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt. Who's familiar with this verse? I'm sure a lot of you know it. I really love this verse. Um, so again, just sharing off my plate, I'm going to be a bit vulnerable and tell you. So I've been in some prayer ministry training with, a, with Sarah and a few of us are just learning some tips and tricks for prayer men. Um, and I was in a training, there's probably, I don't know, eight of us maybe, and um, the woman facilitating asked for a guinea pig. So I said, yeah, I'll do it. And then I immediately regretted it. Has anyone had <laughs> done that? Which means, so basically I'm sitting in a chair, she's demonstrating on me in front of people, um, prayer ministry. So I was like, ooh, why do I say yes to these things? But anyway, I did. Um, and it was awesome. It was great. So I just want to tell you kind of a little bit of my story and then tie it into this. So um, basically, so I shut my eyes and this um, woman said, um, can you see Jesus? And I actually could. Jesus was right in my face in this experience that I had. He was like there. There was like no personal space with him. And then she said, is the father in this picture? And um, Jesus stepped aside and I could see I was in a place which was like a big expanse. And then there was the horizon and kind of mountains over there. And I could see the father. He was running, right? So he came from like the mountains. He was like running towards me. And I was like, I can see the father. And then... Um, you know, I started to cry and the whole room got to see me kind of lose my everything. And I was like, oh, why do I say yes to these things? But it was great. It's good to be vulnerable. Um, so it was like, you know, the running father, the prodigal, the prodigal son story. It was, it was that. So I'm having this experience in, in this chair with everybody. 
Um, and then the sense I had in this picture, or this experience, was that I hadn't um, been able to look and see the horizon and the mountains, like where the father was, because in between that was this big expanse. And I was just like, I don't really know if I want to step there again. And I just felt like there'd been some, a bit of fatigue maybe, or a bit of disappointment. Something had just kept me, right? Um, and so I've just learned, like when God starts to talk to me about something, I just kind of go, okay. Because we don't know what we don't know. We don't know everything about us, do we? I, I certainly don't. But I trust that he does and he'll just alert me to something if I need to know. So hope, he began to talk about hope. Uh, slide three. All right. So the Bible has a lot to say about hope. And I'm just going to do a bit of a scripture dump right now. I'm going to read a ton of scripture about hope. I'm just going to say it at you. If you want to get back into that posture of the lean back and you can just let it come, come at you. All right. So Psalm, Psalm says these kinds of things. Put your hope in God. No one who hopes in God will ever be put to shame. My hope is in you all day long. Be strong and take heart, all of you who hope in the Lord. Wait in hope for the Lord. He's our help and our shield. Hope is in you. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not be faint. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. I'll give you hope in a future. Um, perseverance, character, character, hope. I think I'm just shooting right through the Bible here. Hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. In hope we were saved. Hope that's not seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Love protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. These three, faith, hope, love. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We are his house. If we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess because he who promised is faithful. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Isn't scripture great? I haven't even given you half of it. <laughs> um, scripture, just real quick, I was going to say, when we meditate on scripture, I've said this before, you know how a cow has like four stomachs? It's a quite gross thing. You know how they eat, they digest they bring it back up, chew on it some more. This is what I'm doing with this verse. We're, we're, digest, we're sitting in one verse and we're going to keep chewing and chewing and chewing and get all the goodness out. This is how I read scripture. I don't know how you guys do it. Just pull it to bits and go, God, what is in here? I know that your word is bread and it's nourishing for me. So, Okay, so I... Having this whole experience with God, the, the little thing I mentioned before, so I'm, I am a glass half full person and if you'd asked me, I would have said, yes, I've got tons of hope, I've got so much and joy and expectation as well. Um, but when God started to speak to me about it, I was like, okay, I'll go there with you, God. Um, 
So I think that's just a yes and that's just a trusting he's bigger than me and he knows me. Um, so I find that a relief. Do you find that a relief that God knows us better? He knows what we need more than we. We might think we know what we need, but he just really does know. And the only way to know this stuff is just to keep abiding in him. Like it's in that flow where he'll alert you to something. He's like, hey, my beautiful kid, I've got something for you at the moment we're working on. And you just stay in that flow with him. All right. Are we on? Yes. Therefore, I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. So when the passage refers to her or she, we can read Israel or God's people, it's us, isn't it? Okay, first, the wilderness. How is she led into the wilderness? Anyone? By God. All right. Okay, who does this when you find you're in a... Yeah, it's the, it's, he's always the right answer, isn't it? Okay, yes, Jesus is the right answer. Um, who, when you're in a wilderness season or a desert place, a barren place in your life, who, who goes, oh, this is so the enemy? <laughs> this is horrible I don't like it Um, and so it's just worth pointing out that sometimes God might lead you into a wilderness who else do we know that was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit okay you're in good company okay other people just off the top of my head and again if you're going to research this it's just super interesting to go who else was in a desert place and just kind of pull out what you can in scripture but um, Hagar, Moses, David, Jesus all had experiences, encounters with God in a really not great place, right? Just fun to do if you like researching this sort of thing. Stick, get on a topic and, and just go for it. Um, so if you do find yourself in a desert season, I think, look, we've all lived through the COVID and the lockdowns and the things, right? Shh. Most people didn't love it, (laughs) I'm just going to say. But if we do find ourselves in a desert season or a wilderness season, number one, we're in good company. Number two, we don't need to freak out because it's not always the enemy Um, and we're never promised an easy Christian walk, unfortunately. That's a bummer, isn't it? I just didn't, I don't like the scripture where Jesus says, you know, when the storms of life come, he doesn't say if the storms of life come. He's just like, when they do come, (laughs) build your house on the rock. You know, he just gives us hints. It's not going to be super easy, but he tells us this is how to do it. Um, He never leaves us. He's with us in it. And then he can create purpose and work in it for our good. That's what scripture tells us. Hmm. Yes. Okay. What does God promise in this setting is his voice, right? I'll speak tenderly to her. I love God's voice. It's my favourite thing. It really is. God's voice was my first encounter with God. Um, I was in a pub. I was, (laughs) I know, have I not told this story here before? (laughs) Um, I was 17. I just prayed a prayer. Um, my friend was going to do something really not great. I just said if that dangerous prayer, God, if you're real, I need you to talk to me because I was just a young kid and I thought, I don't know what's going on. And I was in a pub. It was very loud. Uh, and he said, um, audible voice, do not conform any, t- any longer to the standard of this world. Right? I hadn't read Romans yet. I found it later. I was like, oh. Hmm. 
<laughs> his voice. And I was like, oh, my gosh, if he talks, if this is God and he talks, I want God. And then I was like, and if he is God and he talks, like in the book, then he probably does all the other things too. I want God. I was like, I didn't want Christianity that much. I didn't want religion. I didn't want church. I wanted God. Yeah. Whew. Okay, God's voice always creates. It's life-giving in its essence. It's bread and it prophesies to, to your situation. You don't have to be there yet, but anyway, whatever. Um, okay, I'm just going to talk a little bit about God's voice. So the world was created by his voice. When he spoke, let there be light, there was. Everything that is is because of his voice. I think a bunch of us, we've all read the Narnia books, yes, probably. I'm a big dork about that. I've read them 15 times. I don't know. Um, C.S. Lewis in The Magician's Nephew, he paints a picture. Who's read this one where Aslan's creating the world? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Okay, so the way that C.S. Lewis pictured um, Aslan, who's a lion, God, um, is he's walking through singing. He sings everything into being. So he sings these low notes and like mountains come to come up start to come up and he sings these really high silvery notes and stars start to be created it's a and then everything sings back to him it's a beautiful account of creation whatever way that you imagine it God's voice is still creative in its essence so when he speaks to me or when he speaks to you he's creating something um now okay this is just me I'm an artist I paint I like to picture things what does it look like like God's breath, the ruach, right? It's wind. I can't see it, but imagine sometimes I think, in the spirit, what does that look like when he speaks? Because I believe that it goes and creates something in me. Does it look like gold? Does it look like a seed going in and something good grows? I don't know. I'm just, one day I'll know things. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just like, I love thinking of this stuff because I actually believe that when he speaks to me, some good stuff goes in and something starts to grow in my heart or in my life. Yeah, every time he speaks, something good is created, released or grown. So his creative voice is full of life. He's the source of life. He's the source. Okay, now Psalm 23. We all know this one so back to front. Why don't we read it together just for fun? It's like everyone knows this one. All right, Psalm 23, ready, set, go. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right. So slide seven, I think. Yeah, that's where we want. That's what we want, isn't it? That's what I want. Okay, and what do we get sometimes? Next one. Yeah, okay. So what we want is the green pastures. 
of Psalm 23. And what we sometimes find is either the dark valley or the desert wilderness place. All right. And things I've already touched on this, things to remember. God is with me here. I can be filled up and sustained here. I can thrive here. Okay, just a quick word on this. I don't and I won't have to live here. So a season, when we talk about a season, it's like a natural season in the natural, right? So we've just had winter and it was very long winter. Who knows? It was just felt like the longest winter. So it should, it's a few months, a little bit longer. So it's not a lifetime that I'm describing right now. So if you're feeling like I've been in this thing for two or three years, it's not a season, it's probably a something else, but that's okay. God will have a solution for that thing too. So, all right, I just wanted to point that out. Okay, God's promise is that he's with us. So sometimes we are just like, God, can you just remove this thing out of my life? Remove the enemy, remove the hard thing, remove the obstacle. And sometimes, like in Psalm 23, did you catch that in the dark valley? He's like, I'm not removing anything, but I'm here with you. Do you want to sit down and eat with me in the presence of my enemies, right? He's like, the landscape hasn't changed, the situation hasn't changed, but I'm here with you and I'm going to give you stuff to feed you, right? I would prefer to not be in the valley, let's be honest. I prefer all the enemies gone, thank you very much. But just sometimes, he's like, sit with me. Let's eat. I've got a feast laid out for you, right? All right, slide nine. There we go. There I will give her back her vineyards and I will make the valley of Achor a door of hope. Achor means trouble. All right. Giving back vineyards, what's that about? That's about restoration, fruitfulness, and wine, all right? So we're designed to be sozoed. Sozo is that Greek word. It means saved, healed, delivered, all right? So we're to be restored, fruitful, multiply, not only in our families but in every part of our lives. So it's about stewarding what we've been given as well, um, the ability to cultivate the harvest and the wine, I was just thinking about wine, like, you know, vintage wine, it's just sat in an atmosphere for years and years and years. So we're, we're meant to sit in his presence for years and years and years, right? We're meant to tend to our vineyard, to our fruitfulness, cultivate and steward what we've been given. Um, Psalm 23 too, like you get to have like a meal with God in that situation. But then what does it go on to describe? It says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows, right? I just want to point out again, they're still in that place, but there's an anointing and an overflow that can happen as well. You don't have to wait till you're at some awesome conference and an amazing impartation happens. I'm all for that, believe me. But you also might be in the dark valley that's a really hard place and you receive an anointing and a full cup. And then the anthem at the end, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's like your theme song for life. You walk out going, surely, right? Because after I've been there and I got that, surely, we're, all, we're on the up and up. can only get better right? All right. So to finish, back in Hosea, yeah, there she will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the days she came up out of Egypt. When we respond to God, he responds to us. When we draw near to him, he draws near to us. 
Um, we know that when we respond to God's invitation, that's that alluring, he will meet us. And his response to us is always better. Don't you love this? We give all of us to him and he gives all of him to us. So who's getting actually the better deal by a long shot? <laughs> we are. The trade is not fair. Like it is just an excellent trade-up. Um, he delivers us so that, you know, coming out of Egypt, that's about deliverance. So he delivers us from whatever stuff has a grip on us in our lives that's not good for us. We become free people. All right. I think I'm up to 11, Liam. Okay, so for me, just sometimes looking towards the horizon or the future, you can see that there's a wilderness or there's an unwillingness to put your foot out. Um, sometimes that's disappointment or sometimes we just get sidetracked by the terrain. Like we're, we're like, I just can see, like it doesn't look actually that nice. It's not green. It's, it's I'm overwhelmed. This is a bit much, right? But because God is in our past, our present and our future, we can be sure that he's there and he stands in the desert of possibility. So for me, I saw the father run from the future, really, the horizon. He came running across it. And he, he was in that desert of possibility, you know, he, he makes it possible for me to go there. And he's like, I've actually got so much more for you. Will you come with me, not just stay here? So for me, I felt like it was probably um, not wanting to take some risks or I don't know. We've all got little areas of our life that this can apply, I feel. Even if you don't feel like this is my whole season right now, you're like, but in that little area, I don't really want to, I don't want to move that much. I just want you to feel his invitation, his alluring of you today. Um, because it's there where, there where these things happen. So God says, there, I will give back her back. There, um, she will respond. It's actually there, like in that place. So in that wilderness place, you can receive restoration of your fruitfulness anointing, words that are bread and life-giving to you, a cup of wine that overflows, and the transformation of trouble into hope. They're all really good things. Um, so I hope, I mean, some people in this room, you just like, I am stuck in this season, it's not much fun, and others of us, it might be just like in this area of my life, I felt a reluctance to move across into the future, or whatever it is, but... As I was praying, I just really have a few things here. If you know me, you know that I craft my talk to, men to ministry time because I'm all about the encounter. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do next, everybody. Um, can I have any of... Okay, my giggling brother-in-law is going to hop up on keys. <laughs> Go, giggles. Yeah, sneaky. Thanks, Simon. <laughs> All right, these are the things I just felt like um, keys. <laughs> or you could stand. <laughs> I don't know what he was going to do there. Music would be so nice, thanks. Sam. All right, these are the things I just felt God's um, invitation for people. So the first was hope. Um, God restoring hope. I actually felt like there's some older people in the room that have been really faithfully hoping for years and years um, in some specific situations and I felt like you've held them before the Lord 
for years and I just saw the Lord like strike a match and throw it like and okay dry things burn really well so I think it was really about things that have kind of that are a bit dry and um, dry wood burns the best so I just saw it catching and so God just wants to consume some people with his fire and burn away hopelessness that was one of the things there's another thing I just felt like um, people that are longing to be fruitful again and you're just like, I want to cultivate what I've been given and flow with the wine of the Holy Spirit, all right? So I just felt like that it's time for a top-up for you people. God wants to fill you again so that you overflow. He wants to overflow your cup. If you feel like your cup's not spilling everywhere, then you need more. He's really abundant and extravagant, God. Okay, and there's others of you, I feel like there's a fresh anointing as a hope bringer, right? So like you've been that person in the past to um, minister hope to people, but it's just like God's got more for you and your heart is to see like the, the what is it, the trouble, the valley of trouble turning into a door of hope for people. That's, that's your like your life message kind of thing. I just felt like God wants to put that into you as well today. So top-ups. They're all top-ups in all the ways, whatever you need. But I just feel like, guys, we so much want to bring this to the people out there that we all have in our lives. So if we get whatever you can from the good, generous Father today, um, yeah, to bring hope. So, So maybe just our ministry team hop up. And can I just invite anyone, like if any of those things... And then we always say, if you have any sickness in your body, any other thing, please come up and we'd love to pray. But um, yeah, bless you guys and please come up and get prayer. And yeah, thank you. When we were in worship uh, earlier, I saw Jesus coming into the room and I saw the open holes in his hands and I felt the Lord saying, take it. What do you want? What do you need? He's already paid the price. He's already paid for everything. It's already finished. And some of us, I think we have these circumstances and situations and we say, oh, surely he wouldn't want me to ask for that. Or surely he wouldn't want me to, to, but he's saying, take it. What do you want? What do you need? What, What restoration do you need? What miracle do you need? What healing do you need? What forgiveness do you need? What breakthrough do you need? It's all paid for and it's all in his nail-pierced hands and he's saying, take it, take it. So I really want to encourage you this morning, like Lisa said, if you need something from the Lord this morning, he wants to minister to your heart and he wants to set you free. So why don't you come right now? We'd love to pray for you. Please come forward. Just jump out of your seats right now.